I don't know how many children in our country look forward to waking up and going to school. And that is not okay. The one factor, the number one factor that influences learning is the teacher. So plays really serious work, thinking, cognition, that has, which is laying the foundations for executive skills. It's not just sweet. It's, there's a serious process policy level. Uh, the government should not have these big schools um, have three-year-olds because three-year-olds should be in a home kind of a play environment smaller numbers parents are now in a hurry to push the kids out because they want to get back to their work or you know i want my life back you should have thought of that before having kids if you want your life back and i kept telling my wife iit grads don't yeah. know what to say about themselves about who you are that he said there's some this is your premier institution and these people don't even know who they are there's something wrong <laughs> Hi, welcome to Voices in My Head once again. And today I have Sonia Philip with me, who I'm very excited to speak to. She's agreed to come on the podcast despite her busy schedule. So I want to straight away go into introducing Sonia. We're, we're shooting today at uh, Learning Matters Foundation, which is her beautiful school for preschoolers. Uh, she is an educator. She's extremely experienced. She's, she's got two postgraduate degrees in education from the US including one in special education, which I'm going to quiz her about. Uh, I wasn't very sure what special education was. She has three decades or over three decades of experience and has taught at the American school in Delhi, as well as the lab school in Washington. Obviously, she loves children and is passionate about giving each child tools to show their success. Sonia, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. My I'm very pleasure. excited to speak to you and I'm so happy that we're filming in one of these uh, recording in one of these nice classrooms where our kids come and play with these beautiful things, which maybe we can get into a little later. Mm -hmm. I just from my prep, I went on to the Learning Matters uh, website, which I hadn't done in a while. And I, you know, I was seeing your mission and vision. And the words uh, that, you know, jumped out at me were that, you know, the joy, you're trying to bring the joy of learning, combining joy and learning. And, and as I was growing up in school, I really didn't think that was possible that how, how can joy and learning be come synonymous. together because yeah. learning for me was such a task and it was a it was a burden because uh, it's um, you know it's it's cramming information it's structured studying it's books it's memorizing and it's being tested on it so how does one combine joy with learning and i mean that's isn't that a very big task for you to do yeah i mean, i i really um, i hear you and unfortunately, that seems to be the scenario uh, in, in, in a lot of places and especially in our uh, education system where learning is um, not associated with something positive. Mm -hmm. But if you think about learning, not the classroom, just any learning, you learn how to play an instrument. Okay, with, I'm talking about without the stresses of uh, performance associated you're learning to dance because you enjoy dancing learning to play golf because you want to play that sport 
it is so joyous. Anytime we learn something, it is a sense of accomplishment. But I don't know if we can associate school with learning. I think schools, sadly, because schools are more associated with, um, I would say, learning what they an outside Board. decision has taken for you to learn. It's not intrinsically driven. So whenever learning is intrinsically driven, it's joyful. And I'm totally um, committed and passionate that children who are you know learning like sponges all the time must be given an environment where uh, it's joyful whatever they are absorbing experiencing that it's a positive uh, experience for them so but we're already putting so much and, and i see it because i you know i'm a relatively new parent my son is uh, gonna be three soon and already, and this is more peer pressure than, I guess, best practice because everyone is like, you know, classes and by this age, they must know the ABC and they must know, you know, the 1 to 10. And, and, and I find that so uh, artificial in a way that because, you know, I never learned like that. And, and school was a horrible experience for me, unfortunately. Um, and, and I don't want to put, you know, already... The three-year-olds are putting this kind of pressure on them. Definitely, that's going to, you know, cause something to go wrong in their in their brains, and and this cannot be the normal way of doing things. I couldn't agree more with you. I could not see any, you know, um, anything that flows easily is right. Mm -hmm. Whenever something is against our grain. So if it's against a child's grain, which developmentally the research is pointing very, very clearly to be sitting for long times, to be holding a pencil when your fingers are not ready, to be learning abstract things as symbols called A or number four or whatever. These are, the brain is not ready to process it. And so we are asking a child to do something that developmentally they're not ready to do. So obviously there's going to be a, a resistance and so they're going against the tide of development. So obviously your experience was and, and millions of children are going through this and it's, it's heartbreaking that, you know, at a policy level, we are not looking at the research mm -hmm. and giving our children what uh, is developmentally appropriate. If I ask a two-month-old to start walking and I make them stand and I give them things to hold on to and I insist, is it going to be a pleasant experience for that child? Is it right, first of all? We know it's not right because their muscles are not ready for that. So we're doing the same thing in a different level where we're expecting three-year-olds to wrap their heads around alphabets or we are asking them to sit on a chair for extended time, even if it is 10 minutes, it's not appropriate. Or asking them to hold a pencil and actually be able to copy a shape of an alphabet, it's not developmentally appropriate. So it, the whole, and imagine a child who is so, um, full of ideas and so rich in their thinking 
that we immediately put a lid and we restrict their uh, uh, learning to something that's so inappropriate. So then the first step of association with what we call school is a negative one, which you know, you as a father experienced it and, and, and you know, I, I applaud you for being honest and um, I don't know how many children in our country look forward to waking up and going to school and that is not okay because school should be a place where a child is ex expanding their mind and the teacher's role is really to be so aware of the mind of each child in her, his or her classroom and take that forward. And um, so that's I really. So, you know, you said the teacher's role, my, the first point that I had written to, you know, get our discussion started was that, and I know this answer now, uh, is that why do you have the most important job in the world and, and people, uh, I think, don't give it enough, enough respect. Uh, so maybe you can help us understand. Uh, I, I, you know, and there, again, I'm not saying this on my own, but there is uh, uh, research on this, that the number one influence, the one factor, the number one factor that influences learning is the teacher. Wrong kind of teacher can shut down a mind and make it associate everything to do with that in a very negative way and that same teacher can actually open a mind and 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 it's not just the mind it's the heart it's the the emotions it's the it's the ability to feel good about who we are it's the ability to take a risk and make mistakes and you know you you're that's part of learning mistakes as a very very important step towards learning but if we are humiliated or if we are, you know, humiliated by being made to feel small about the errors that we've made, red lines under the wrong spelling, you know, comments like you can do better are not helping in any way. So, and so teacher training, the kind of teacher, I mean, it's such an important role because you're molding personalities, you're molding minds, which you are saying, you know, you know, it carries with you into your adolescence and adulthood and your relationships and your everything in life. So childhood is, is, is a very, very key stage where you're actually laying the architecture of the brain and of one's emotional health but is this in today's scenario is is I, I guess it's not that much better than when i went to school maybe 30 odd years ago we still have uh, you know the standardized testing that all schools want their kids to do well and because they want to get those averages and they want to come in the rankings and what you're saying is amazing and it would be Utopian. I mean, yes, yeah. if, if more than a certain amount of schools or if majority of the schools were following this policy and I think some of some of them are, but I think still majority not are enough. not not, uh, not following it. Not and, enough. and it's funny that you, you, I was such a bad student throughout academically. I didn't do well in school at all. Uh, but the few subjects that I 
or the few times that I ended up doing well is and 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 those are the teachers I remember. Those were my favorite teachers. Exactly. And I'm not sure if that I was you know pre-programmed to do well in certain subjects uh, or uh, you know did I had an aptitude for mathematics because I, I that was one odd subject that I did like. But that's because most of the times the, the the maths teachers or you know we I had some sort of a relationship with them. There was some sort of a bond that went beyond that academic, or they were nicer to me than the other teachers. There has to be something there. Obviously, the teacher played a role. And the key to that is when you say there was something there. If we all, any one of us, look back on our childhood and say, what do we recall as uh, the teacher I loved? It'll always be an affective reason uh, an emotional reason yes. it won't be because that teacher was so brilliant in disseminating this equation to my mind it'll be because that teacher was kind to me or that teacher understood me so it's always an emotional connect that you will associate with positive mm -hmm. so we cannot isolate that and and be you know, so kind of narrow on the content of what we want children to learn. It's a whole child. So we have to ensure that teachers understand. And then the other thing, like you said, math was maybe something that was easier for you. I mean, again, we know there are many different types of intelligences, you know. So obviously for some, it's their linguistic abilities that's stronger compared to their maybe body kinesthetic maybe they're more clumsy but they're able to do maths very clearly Not so really. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know again Howard Gardner I mean his work is uh, uh, been around for you know decades now but it's not finding its way into our classroom practice that children can be smart in many different ways and teachers have to be trained to see that and how do we then so I'm, I mean, I don't want to talk about um, the academic component, but if a child we know is physically gifted or, you know, has an affinity towards it, then how is it that we can do spellings through a physical way? You can. So these, you know, this knowledge, I mean, I think teaching is a profession, just like being a doctor, being a lawyer. It's a body of knowledge that you need to have. And I think it's, it's a key body of knowledge because you're shaping minds, like I was saying, we were saying earlier. Now, teacher training is non-existent. And anyone can go do a 15-day course and become a teacher. I think something like a 30-day course. Yeah, and it's a very weak course. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. It's, it's easy. So, it's the same so, way I got a driving license when I was in class 9. Yeah. And I was, I think, 14. Yeah. Because you could pay 2,000 rupees and get it at the time. And, and I wanted it risk. and I got it. Yeah, so. but, you know, look at the risk. You could kill someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at the risk if you're not educated properly as a teacher because that knowledge is all that body of knowledge you don't have and you're dealing with children. Look at the risk. You're damaging and hurting and harming human beings that are going to then, it's a chain effect. Their marriages, their relationships, their ability to make friends. I mean, everything, their ability to you know be a good parent. I mean, everything is linked. It, it's mind-boggling that we don't take it seriously because I link everything to childhood. What happens in our childhood is 
that's the adult we are going to become that's the society we are going to create is it is that like a freudian um uh, no. you know theory that whatever happens is is you know based on what happened to us as kids and and i uh, know i think it's it is it's 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 like a uh, you know mix this and this you get this mm. it's it's a very uh, scientifically based thing of course there are personalities some of us are more resilient some of us are more sensitive some of us have you know can you know accept things in a but there's always a damage for some it's latent for some it implodes for some it explodes you know we are more anger prone because you know all this is coming out for some we are getting ulcers and tumors and cancer because it's imploding so a uh, a uh, a healthy emotional all round development is key and you need a brilliant teacher to be able to start addressing these things from a very young age and start identifying these things in the kids and uh, i don't know if you need a brilliant teacher i think you need an informed teacher who's open who loves children i, I would call that a brilliant teacher in, yeah. in today's context because i think uh, you know very few of them exist who are informed who are connected and i think who have the commitment that goes beyond just coming for the job and beyond just doing that and so that's you know. why everyone should not become a teacher you know just like i mean i could never dream of being someone who's in the technical field i mean mm. that's just not where so you know you have to have the right sort of affinity to go into a profession so number one is you have to love children mm-hmm. you know you can't teach that sure so if you love kids be with kids then the teaching and the you know the principles of child development and the principles of classroom management and the way of looking at children's work and all that can be taught mm-hmm. but um, you know the number one thing every teacher has to do is connect with children connect with each child in their classroom and if you don't do that and you're connected to the so called curriculum instead of the children then you are missing the boat but you know as a parent now and and this started you know soon after you know my son was born and and you know there's there's this at this age they need to start you know this preschool or there's some sort of home classes and then there's this mother toddler program and then this the is we've got sucked into this you know this this rat race or you know uh, uh this this peer pressure of our other what our other friends are all you know young parents we're all in a uh, you know early 30s and everyone has young kids and at this age he started this and oh he's doing so well and he doesn't need uh, you know he can go to school without his mother now and this is what they're doing in school or uh, the other opinion is you know they only go and play in school or or at home how do i entertain him he's only playing with the maids at home uh, and 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 then i learned the importance of play which is why you know this is something that i'd like to discuss uh, you know more with you and i had no idea that the fundamental of their learning at you know this preschool age is play and again there was a concept because you know work and we were before we started uh, recording we were talking about work and play because even now i'm i'm programmed like work is work you're, you know you're sitting at a desk and there's no noise and you know there's some seriously boring stuff in front of you and play is the opposite of that when there and, and no and also plays like not serious enough you know it's flippant yes you yes. know you don't give play uh, weightage mm. right 
play school as right. you, you you've spoken about this many times before but i'd like you to just mention that again so that, uh, you want me to talk about the role of play i think the role of play and and why you know it's not just that they're coming to play school and and yeah. it's a very kind of uh, you know it's 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 almost you know it's not understood the yeah. importance of you know coming to play school happily i'm going to talk mm. to you because i'm totally passionate yeah. about and, this and i know thing. that you get comments like oh but oh how sweet you run a play school, play school. how yeah. sweet like yeah. it's 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 yeah. derogatory almost yeah but, it know, is too, but so. it's i also know it's lack of information so play you see and and the other this thing is uh, childhood is in and of itself a stage and during childhood now what are we doing we are pushing adulthood into childhood more and more expecting children to behave in certain ways that adults have a yardstick for mm-hmm. you know uh, whereas childhood is different it's a it's an a stage in and of itself and we are losing childhood now at the risk of the rat race that you're talking mm-hmm. about that all you young millennial parents are getting sucked into again when you look back at uh childhood you know say my generation uh, or even your own i don't know think about it you know there was so much time to just be mm. and to just play what is play play is self initiated play is not uh doing arts and crafts that's play play is not you know i'm going to kick this ball into this <clears throat> goal and i'm playing outside that is not what we are talking about here when okay. i'm talking about the the impact of play we are talking about self initiated play that means i decide as how i want to play with these blocks i want to turn it into a house or do i want to turn it into my dogs little bed or do i want to make it into a palace for the princess that's my mind being able to think and create something through play play is a cognitive process mm-hmm. and it's a very very important process because like we were saying you know in the early years the the brain architecture is being formed and if and today my other hat you know i wear is uh, working with children who are struggling with learning yes and again this is not just me but worldwide we are seeing this phenomena of students who are smart bright intelligent and still not succeeding in school that's because something that play does very naturally is lay the foundations for what today in the academic world is called executive skills right executive skills is our ability to plan initiate execute stay on task manage our time uh those skills play naturally does when you see a child playing i mean he's got sustained attention he's mm. building that part of the brain that is focused and building that attention but if you're going to ask a child to do something they don't want to that you 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 miss that whole ability for the brain to build those dendrites and connections that mm-hmm. build on sustained attention 
time management knowing so we are seeing initiating you know you watch two children naturally if they see something they'll initiate chalo 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 you 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 can be the uh, dog and i'm going to be the mama hmm. or no no you be the kitty and i'll be uh, the dog the doctor come the kitty is sick and i'm going to do so children are initiating they are planning how they are going to play and that play is related to their real world they have a cat at home or they've seen a cat that's been injured they've been to the vet so mm-hmm. now they are enacting that what is that doing that's helping them understand the real world i want to be mommy they're seeing mommy dressing up they also want to dress up they also want to put a little bindi and mm-hmm. you know pretend they're wearing a shiny saree and heels and they're going out it's not just sweet it's there's a serious process that is happening through that play they are actually feeling comfortable in now being able to understand that real world as they are growing up so we talked about getting meaning from the real world we talked about sustained attention we talked about initiating we talked about following through on something so in a classroom when you'll see children playing it's not about now clean up clean up clean up come on come on put everything away a good serious early years teacher will see what the child is building and will maybe even make that into a project mm-hmm. so that the child can revisit it you know yesterday beta you were building that thing for the and we saved it or here's a picture i kept mm-hmm. of it do you want to add to that we were talking about you know the next animal that they want to or whatever it is they they are thinking so plays really serious work thinking cognition that has which is laying the foundations for executive skills we are seeing children in middle school who don't know when to study for the test they don't know what to study they don't know how to begin they don't know how long they will need to you know that time management kal something is due aaj raat ko we'll start working they can't finish their work they're smart they know but they don't have the time management ability or a child who who you know loses interest and now i mean don't even get me started on technology yeah, and what that, that does to this flippant mind because of this fast pace you know how attention span yeah. getting shorter and shorter so you know we really have to go back to our old world play where the child can be just be and we don't cast our shadow over acha ye kya banaya are iska chhat nahi banaya ab chhat banao ab ye karo ab wo karo we are casting our shadow over the child's thinking and it's so easy for us as adults to always butt in it, it, you know what you're saying just remind me few days ago uh, my son was drawing something and i said what is this is the sky i said he, he had colored it green i said no 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 sky but i stopped myself Good. because i remembered what you said i said oh i said it's green i said okay um there are no rules i keep telling him there are no rules this sky can be any color you want yeah. because i i remember but i had to stop myself 
and uh, maybe there were times that I'm unable to stop myself because it's such a natural reaction to say, you know, the sky is either blue or black or in, in Delhi, it's, I don't know what color this is. But and that uh, is why and, uh, those parent mornings began. Yes. That, you know, because parents are spending so much more time and they are, anyone can become a parent. So they are not well versed with child development and things. So as a professional, it's our... I think a very important part of our responsibility is to build that connection with parents so that because we're all working for the child. So this triangle of the child, the parent, the school has to work in tandem. And it is part of our role as professionals to share that well, with I, parents. And I, and I believe that, you know, more than ever before parents are spending you know, more and more time with their kids, which, which, which I was like, no, I don't think it's that's possible. But and apparently, yet, the stats are yeah, that we're But much yet, more. where are we going wrong though? We're, we're spending more time with our kids, but we're still not seeing the outcomes. We're not seeing of, the outcomes, and perhaps we're doing the wrong things. And and uh, kids are so. Like not I said, I think the kids. childhood is being lost because even if you're spending more time with the kids, we are we are casting our shadow over the children too much of and what we think is the right thing. You know, oh, that doesn't look like a sky. Sky is not hmm. green. Or, are where is the hand of this person you made? Instead of being able to say, you know. I mean, it's a developmental state that the child draws earlier is just a round face mm. and the legs come out straight from the head. I, I still draw like till that. But you, yeah. Till you see and that that's why if the child's work is so diagnostic. It tells you their development, what's happening. Oh, now look at this child who's, I mean, I wish I had the uh, ability to show you sample. But you know, oh, now even this child has eyelashes also and mm. the fingernails have come. Not somebody has told them, that's at their developmental stage. Or this child now is, you know, uh, what we call mark making, mm. is the first step of writing. So mark making is for a two-year-old, three-year-old, it's those scribbles. That's that's the first stage of writing. But we want them to jump, no, right? This is, this yeah. is A, this yeah. is A for Apple, yeah. B and for Yeah, and then ball. you start seeing, oh, now they've got some understanding of the sound and association with the letter. By the time they're four, some of them are naturally emerging at that point. It cannot happen at three. But we're pushing it now. But it we cannot happen. It. That's why the negativity associated and with that. And we're also unfortunately pushing it because uh, including, uh, you know, myself and I know all parents that I speak to is about admission into the big school because they're this, those four so or five good schools in Delhi schools that everyone also, wants to get The expectation get into. is not developmentally appropriate. I mean, you look at countries that are ranked as number one in their education, yeah, like Finland. Sweden. They, and, do, yeah. fin they do not begin with the alphabets till age seven. Yeah. Because they are doing something so much more important where a child is building their personality of... You know, being a problem solver, being empathetic to friends, and all being able play, to use this? language. All this is coming through play. All this is happening through play. But in, in India, we're, we're pushing it earlier and earlier and earlier. And I think now, uh, you know, admission for the big school uh, as such is happening a year or two earlier than when we went yes, to school. Yes, And that is really bothering me. And I'll tell it, you what the you, problem is. And it is. should. It should. The, the problem is, and why we've also got sucked into it in a way is unfortunately, and I've just been informed about this, 
a few months ago, which is why we also started panicking about admissions. Is if you choose to send your child later to school, a year later, the year later or two then years you later, you miss the bus. No, you miss the bus because they still give priority to the kids that they think are in the in the right age group. So when you were supposed to send them is at when they are three plus, and if I choose to send them at four plus or five plus, you know he's going to be lower down in the priority list. That means chances of him not getting in are huge. Which is a huge risk as a parent. No parent wants to take that risk because you don't get that that school that you want. And I'm seeing this really in the last uh, four five years. This I, I have no happened. idea because you know we've obviously come into this in the last few years. And and why can't if I want to send my kid a year later or two years later to school, Should shouldn't it be option. my problem and shouldn't that be my decision. Uh, prerogative, my decision? And if the kid is good enough, take him. Don't penalize the kid. Uh, or I, I don't know if this is a monetary thing for the schools that they want to cash in earlier, or it's some sort of a government uh, mandate no, that no, they're following. No, it's also too so, few schools for too many children, so it's not like you know there'll be a space in first grade because their pre-K K has already come into right, and, and they are going the to mm. So then there's no entry point of space unless. You know, so it's that's the logistical thing, but I really feel at a policy level, uh, the government should not have these big schools um, have three-year-olds because three-year-olds should be in a home kind of a play environment, smaller numbers, and so the big school should only begin at. Four, five, five six. Uh, at yeah. five. That would be amazing. That you would know, be great, by then the child is. We'd be more comfortable yeah. too as a parent. But having said that, I think we are, or you know, some of the parents that we know are rare. But parents are now in a hurry to push the kids out because they want to get back to their work, or you know, I want my life back. You should have thought of that before having kids if you want your life back. And I kept telling my wife this because I was totally against having kids first because I knew that what I would be it? totally involved and and uh, you know that, that I would, would I would not priority. compromise and that yeah. would be my priority. Unlike other parents who want to have the kids and then and I'm not judging them for that. It's you know, it's their call it's their kid it's their life But if you're gonna want to push them out. Oh, I just need a break or I just of course everybody then needs a break them, yeah. Or but you know, I just want to send them to school and just have my day back or get back to work Don't have kids you have the option now Everyone has the option now and more and more kids. I mean of course in India it would help don't have kids Yeah, we're already dying over population Absolutely. Uh, But you know, so I've gone on on this rant but the problem is even so. So for how do we deal with it? Like I was going to ask you, and and a lot of people that you know, uh, my wife follows a lot of uh, these these uh, uh, you know podcasts and bloggers who are kid specific, and a huge number of people in the in the West are homeschooling their kids now. Even in and, India, and homeschooling I think, is yes, catching uh, up. And, Absolutely. And I don't know. I, I, honestly, sometimes I feel I should just homeschool him because he he I can control the environment totally but then I'd be the, the, the typical helicopter parent which I already am uh, I'm already on his head a lot but I don't know what your thoughts on homeschooling you know what what are your thoughts on homeschooling is it a good idea uh, you know considering I mean there's always a balance so in homeschooling you lose out on all the you know the ability to uh, problem solve with other kids to be able, because you learn a lot from other children sure and that's important part of the whole social development uh, of our personalities but if it's hurting the child like you know you're still carrying that weight of your schooling with you 
you know and and uh, you know so that talk to parents who are homeschooling it also requires a parent who's then only doing that sure yeah but you know so it requires a certain kind of parent who is who's naturally drawn towards observing their child and stretching their thinking and you know if this is a child who's really into nature then making sure that that kind of learning in their brain carries on and there are curriculums and it's done in a you know with utmost um, uh understanding and emotional safety for the child but um, it's sad that we have to choose you i know. mean the, the only reason i'm thinking of homeschooling or i'm asking you is is because even though i don't want to send him to the big school at this age i am forced your, your hands to, are tied well not exactly because i mean the hands are tied in the sense because the, the fear is what if he doesn't get into the xyz school that we want for him at a later date because uh we chose to not send him and and this has happened to uh, a a friend of ours who um you know did, wanted to send their kid a year later and they got penalized for it and they had the right passport to get into the right school and you know the right address and the the right all you the know points all the points but off. they uh, it was held against them that they you know they sent the kid later or there was because of i mean the, the sheer demand supply they didn't have the number of seats so that kid is so, studying I mean, in a I, vernacular I, I school i hear now. you and so, that's why you know i am pained because for us who are so um committed and involved with our children to know that they are going to <coughs> now very soon be you know in a totally different deprived lack of another word environment that it's really making me think that no we need to keep going higher and higher in our grades so that we can actually you know take this journey for the child forward to a point where they are formed completely so i i i struggle well, we're with waiting this. for you to start a k12 k- i struggle with school. this every day i struggle even if it's not k to 12 at least k to 5 you know mm. by then the child's you've laid the sort the foundation of foundation is solid yeah and you know like i always say when uh, when you know there's going to be a famine you know uh do you start depriving the children to cope with the famine or do you nourish them so by till fifth grade you nourish them so that then they are strong enough mm. to take on you know you've given them enough muscle then to be able to carry on in confidence in who they are to be able to ask questions to be able to know themselves as individuals to be able to you know know their own self here our children are not even given a chance to you know i'm telling you we had <clears throat> i don't know if i shared this with you but last year we had a a, a young iit grad who worked with us mm-hmm. and he wrote to me from calcutta that uh, i would like to come and apprentice at learning matters he just finished his engineering from iit wow. and when he came of course and you know he wrote a very powerful email to me and he had already done a lot of homework on uh, early years and what he had read and things i said why are you doing the uh, hello 23 you know he said i was in charge in iit for my batch for job placements right. of kids of students right, who are right, you right. know yep. companies come so it was my i was in charge of preparing them for those interviews okay you know mm. that they last to mm. this mm-hmm. and you know, you know all that 
he said one of the questions that you know I was talking to the other my peers was that you know they might ask you about yourself and he says when I started hearing them saying Ankur tell me what should I say about myself IIT grads don't yeah. know what to say about themselves about who you are that he said there's some this is your premier institution and these people don't even know who they are there's something wrong and he researched and he said you know early years is when we start building this whole sense of self who you are and then you know he came he's and he came for three months but he stayed on for over a year okay wow he he had never encountered children right. so I remember when he first came he was like so nervous how do I answer what do I do and when he left after over a year he wept because he had enjoyed himself so much and today a year later obviously he changed his track mm. in life and he's gone and set up his own early years program oh, in Calcutta right and uh, you know the, it's such a joy to see this young boy who is now getting excited with children and you know his family had a property that he said I can convert and in the afternoons he's doing all kinds of exciting robotics and wow. coding and all wow. that with the older kids mm. you know and feeling good about what he's doing you know you have to find a passion mm -hmm. and he found that passion wow but this is one of those um, you know rare stories or rare cases of this happening i assume because yeah because we're so conditioned it's assembly line you know this passes exam do this and get a job you know nine to five yeah but you know at a very heavy cost at uh, a very sure, heavy cost sure. of our mental and emotional health and you know last night off the not related but I went to a music evening and this woman was wild who was singing you know but she was doing her own thing and I said good for her you know she was wearing pants with a sari she was singing classical Indian with the Led Zeppelin wow. and, you know I mean and she was jumping all over the stage and I was envying her spirit how fantastic to have that breakout. Yeah, she's still with you. So that means that she was clearly did something that is yeah, you know, created so, an impact. So, yeah, exactly. So we want that for our children because only then can we become individuals who will actually connect with this world, will make a difference in this world, will, you know, f there's a purpose to our life. It, mm. Our life cannot just be about being born and follow this track and earn money and marry and have children and you know. Hare, this look at the mess we've created for in sure, this world. For sure. For sure. I'm I'm with you on that totally of 12 years of you know kind of working in a, in a formal setup. I was the, the unhappiest and most depressed and anxious that I have ever been. And I think the best for me personally the best decision was uh, just you know a little while before my son was born to to just quit all this and it was a hard decision to take but I was fortunate enough to take it and 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 then stick to it and and people still ask me that you know oh, so you know how do you pass your time or you know how do you not work and and I have to explain to them that no I do work but 
Not this the, is what work is for me. Yes. I said, you know, did you know if uh, spending quality time with my son is uh, more work, and sometimes I am, you know, uh, mentally exhausted after taking him, let's say, to the library for one and a half hours because, you know, just being able to engage with your child, uh, technology free, and spend even an hour with them actually sometimes drains me because I'm not used to it. Yeah, and because also I'm, you, 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 maybe you don't know children. So, like for us here at Learning Matters, it's such a joyous three hours we spend because. We know, you know, it's like if you know dogs, then you're easy with dogs. Sure. If you know children, you're easy with, it's no effort. Anything we're really good at doesn't take effort. But I'd still rather, even though, I mean, it may be an effort on my part, but I'd still rather do that all day, yeah. every day, than and sit And outside in of that, other things, yeah. no, whether it's yeah. your own reading you want sure, to do, whether sure, it's sure. even time to reflect on, you know, life and who you are and where you're heading, whether it's... You know, everybody doesn't have to have this desk job and uh, so, you know, to each, there's a different way that it works. But aren't we, you know, we're trying to program these kids to have desk jobs from the beginning because from the age and of three. And there won't be desk jobs exactly. by the time they yes. grow. You know, Artificial we cannot, predict, yeah, we cannot predict from five years from now what the job market will be. Sure, so absolutely. Look at the hubris. That we are trying to prepare. Are the, 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 but one thing we do know, irrespective, is that those human qualities of being able to problem solve, being able to be creative, being able to think outside the box, being able to analyze, being able to be reflective, those will be needed irrespective 30 years down yes, the road, 40 yes. years. Uh, getting along, collaborating. So those are the skills we need to be really nurturing and working on. Not the recall, restate, you know, the, the even a parrot can do it. Even a monkey you can make. How are, with artificial intelligence coming, with technology taking over, you know, human jobs are going to go at a rate very, very fast. Mm. So if we have to stay, you know, engaged in the world, we have to have those human, which are only human beings can do and no other species can or a machine can do is that ability to think. And right? em empathize. Empathize, compassion. Uh, th those are the skills. And I mean, you don't need to go to college to be a... Bill Gates, sure. right? So, or a Steve Jobs. Or a, Bill, yeah, so. you know, so you have to think outside the box. You have to be able, I mean, the other day I was watching Bill Gates' documentary right. and I was like, my God, that's real smarts. Yeah. And no school can teach yes, you that. Yes, agreed. Right? 100%. You can lay the 100%. And there is again enough studies and research to show school success and life success have no correlation. Absolutely, and I've, I've said that forever because I had to because I was never successful in school. Yeah. And I, and I was never, I've always said that academic intelligence has nothing to do with, uh, you know. And it's not uh, academic intelligence, yeah. it's just that, um, I don't know, it's that ability to, re, you know, memorize. And today you don't need to memorize, everything is on the hard drive. You have, sure, to, yeah. you have to be trained to know what to look yeah. for. And how to operate and it. And how to... Than how to critique what you're yeah. looking at just because the 
Google says it doesn't yes. make it right. Yes. Just because it was written in your textbook doesn't make it right. And as a human being, you have to be trained to question. We don't want obedient children. Obedient children is are dangerous children. Sure. Look what happened in Germany. Everybody was obedient yes. to Hitler. Mm. That you know you can have mass destruction. So, like teacher Tom talks about it beautifully about not wanting obedient children, and he says even with my two-year-olds, I'm building that. Like I'll say silly things like, "The pig says moo," and then you know you want children yeah, to pay attention. This is interesting, but we we need to be taught this as parents too. Yeah. That, that try and we don't uh, want obedient uh, children. We want thinking children. We want children to question a rule. Why is this like this? Yes, oh. and we have to as adults be able to justify because I told you so yep. is yep. not because I'm your dad it is not really laying the right thinking for the child. So even here, I mean, when I'm talking to my teacher, I'm continuously training them in that. You know, listen to the child. Are you really able to listen what the kid is thinking? Are you able to then nudge that thinking to the next level? Observe what they are playing with and do not cast your shadow. That's the thing I keep saying, you know, we cannot I think cast that's a tough shadow. one and we have to work on that. Even, I mean, I'm going to work on it myself now that you're saying, don't keep, remember those words, cast your shadow. Don't cast your shadow on everything that he's doing. Mm. Rather than casting that a shadow. That is clipping their wings. How to kind of explain. Expand or help him expand on what he's doing rather yes. than cast a shadow. I don't yes. know, would that be considered the opposite of casting a shadow? Yes, because um, we, you know that whole helicopter parenting, that whole you know this is I know best, this is how you should be doing it and where is the blue sky and you yes, know how yes. does the cat look without the tail, you know. We are casting our mm. shadow. Mm. Whereas observing what they are doing and listening to how their thinking came about to that and then just nudging it, you know. Oh, I wonder how this cat is going to be hearing. How do you hear? You have ears. Does this cat have any ears? You know, and, and then just seeing where the kid is in their understanding. Mm -hmm. They might say, no, he doesn't have ears. Here. All right, your kitty is without ears. Accepting that. Till the time you'll see that, you know, next Whenever that stage comes, where the, so many more details are now coming in their thinking. And you speak a lot about the importance of, of language and, you know, the, how, again, that's along with play or, you know, integrated with play with or without it. I mean, the, the whole importance of language and how that also helps, you know, develop those executive functions and, and you know, the, just language on its own. And, and I think that's something uh, in, in India in a lot of places perhaps gets um, compromised in a way because if I mean I've noticed that uh, and, and I'd like to be obviously every parent thinks their kid is a genius and is great but I just feel that my child's language is far ahead of his years is that's because he spends a lot of time with us and he hears us talk and, and we don't try and simplify things and we use Regular as rich words. language as possible and he uses them uh, mostly correctly and if not he he asks He's getting and, and there. Yeah. at least he can I'm saying he can he can use reasonably complicated words whether he understands them or not is step two 
and that's how he will get to understand because if he's using a word and he doesn't understand what it means he's going to ask well, what what does this mean and and sometimes he even asks so how simple you know what simple words mean and he and and i know sometimes he knows what it means he's just kind of you know it's it's like a play thing for him what does this mean or you know uh, so so can you just you know educate us a bit about the use of language and how we should or you know what's the best thing to do and so you know going back to what you're saying he knows it but he is you know just uh, pushing out mm-hmm. this thing so you know children need a lot of repetition mm-hmm. they need a lot of repetition they want to hear the same story again yeah oh my again. god <laughs> that is developmentally a uh, a uh, 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 marker a mm. junction of children you know they so you must because then they can predict they and if you leave out one thing also yeah, they'll catch they'll, you and they'll correct you they'll yeah, catch absolutely. you what about yeah. that so that is it, it is and you can't say oh no i'll read you a different book now you know they need repetition mm. repetition is needed in childhood that's a part of childhood okay if you're going to put our adult shadow then we'll say but we've already read that hmm. then again you know we are casting okay. a shadow okay? okay but language is related to thinking mm-hmm. and words kind of uh, articulate our thinking and language is directly linked to intelligence okay that yes we know a child who has uh, no language there's a cognitive deficit okay now there can be a a mild at stage where someone starts speaking later, later that can right. happen mm-hmm. but i'm just saying uh, someone who can't speak well there's something uh, linked with their uh, brain uh, development uh, it's a big marker okay so and and it's in the early years where that whole neural pathways of language are developing just like the muscular pathways are developing right just like the social <clears throat> pathways are developing just like uh, you know so language is a is is developing i mean when you look at a you know from birth to one mm-hmm. look at the motor development mm. a child who could you know is now walking right is able Huge to jump. now the yeah. whole look at the development that happened in their muscular system physical system so similarly the language thing is growing at a very and there's uh, again enough this thing to see children who come from language uh, rich homes you know their vocabulary their ability to understand so much more because they've got the crutch of the words mm-hmm. and that's why you see little children toddlers because they don't have language their language is hitting out right right or their language is scratching and it's not wrong it's just that they haven't got another tool yet that's their way of communicating yes so you and and of course you know i believe in you know the whole regio uh, saying of a child as a hundred languages mm-hmm. you know there's the language of movement there's the language of art there's the language of clay there's a language of play you know all that but i'm talking about verbal linguistic language that we are talking about here it is very important that the child is because how is language learned by hearing mm-hmm. so if you don't hear and you're left with the aya who's just saying kya kar raha hai mm. mat karo you know it there's such yes. paucity of language as again saying 
did you notice the elephant's feet? Hmm. And did you see, uh, you know, so you're giving them the words to observe the world that they are. But if you don't give them that, then there's no hearing of language. So that's receptive language. Reading is receptive language. Hmm. And then comes expressive language, which is verbal. So you're, then you're able to speak. So you have a lot of children where parents are worried, you know, my child is not speaking yet. Then you just, first question I'll ask is, do they understand? When you tell them something, are they following your direct? Are they understanding? Ha ha, so much that. Again, it's a developmental thing. You cannot push it. And every child obviously has their own learning curve and yeah. some. Uh, but some, you, said, walk at, speaking, some walk at 10 no, months, some walk at 18 months, they may still very much be between. So, other things curve. being constant, if, if they assume all kids are speaking at X age, after that, there is a direct correlation between by this time they should be, you know, three letter words or uh, sorry, sentences and they should be forming sentences with three words. You know, I want water, whatever. You yeah. know, sometimes I've yeah. read that pani by this age or should be yeah. saying this or should be being able or to communicate they about just saying that. pani. Hmm. You know, they're hmm. not stringing sentences. Then you need an intervention of a language therapist. But at home, as a general practice, and that's why technology is very harmful for language development. Harmful. Harmful. Why? Because why can't I substitute, you know, 20 minutes of the maid with 20 minutes of, I don't know, Peppa Pig or something like that? Because uh, language is learned through interaction and right. active engagement. Okay? So there's a give and take of language. Whereas technology I, I is passive. I say something and it's. Yes, uh, technology you know. is passive. So I'm. Have you noticed children's expression? Oh yeah, they're zombies for sure. They're like, no, my it's son like is a, a, something a has happened and, and they've been yeah. And if you ask, I have to, so we do, I'm going to come to technology and all this. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll speak about it then. But you know, in the middle, you mentioned uh, uh, nannies and, and you know, why they were, so my, my next Early point years, was. years, you really got to have the right kind of, when, when this brain architecture is being formed at the highest rate, never again will it be at this rate. From birth, to four, five, that's when it's key. So at that stage, if you're going to not offer the child the richness, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, and, you and, know. And a nanny And then those, those, those uh, neural dendrites, what they, they, they automatically, uh, you know, you prune them. They, they go away. Whereas there, they are growing. So the more you do, the more it will grow. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but normally in the West where people don't have help right, right, the way yeah. we do and parents are engaging mm. with the children, they talk so much mm. and they talk with such um, sort of understanding. And confidence. Yeah, it's because they've heard that and that's been their exposure in the environment. And, and nannies and, you know, staff at home, cannot provide, I, I'm, they can provide it to perhaps some extent, but not the level that a parent would be happy with or, or, or what should happen at a certain and, age. And, and now, you know, and in the West, what the danger I'm seeing is that now the technology is substituting as a nanny. Right, right. You yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we are seeing that here with nannies also. They are all the time on their phones yeah. and then the kids want Nannies to are the, we are, the grandparents are. So, unfortunately, that's a dangerous uh, trend that needs to be, yeah. you know. And uh, it's going to impact uh, how we develop our um, connections in this world. 100% we're 
less and less able to relate to others. Are three room, three people on there. Oh yeah, gadget. yeah, for for sure. We're not even listening. We're not even attending. We're not even observing your facial moods, your emotion. So if if as and you know we've got as adults a lot of history that has already been developed. Mm. So then if we do it, it's not that bad. Whereas children, it's just, that's being formed and it was never formed. So there's no history to yeah, go by. Yeah, that's very scary. There's I think no history yeah. there. You know, which this, um, uh, yeah, you mentioned this, this what, book this, explains that very well. Uh, so we were, you know, talking about technology and uh, we, we got this email from you about, uh, you know, this, the importance of being little, the book you're mm. going to read something you know, mm. from and so if you can, yeah, go ahead. Uh. So I like, you know, look at this, that we should not forget that children learn through relationships. <laughs> and a child can learn much when a relationship is strong. Uh, so technology, there's no relationship. You know, that I was talking about the mm -hmm. give and take that yeah. happens. Um, um, Except the fact that we're all addicted to it, but there's no relationship. Be like addiction is again, uh, there's a reason. Mm. There's a reason what that dopamine, what watching a video does sure, sure. release in the brain, which is an addictive thing. Absolutely, the yeah. same thing that heroin does. The same thing. Gambling, that drug heroin, does. sex, food. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So then it's it it releases that, you know, but without the. Uh, and in childhood, like we're oh talking God, about, yeah, that yeah. it's a whole different stage where so much else should be developing. And as adults, at least, like I was saying, we have that history of that. Whereas in childhood, we haven't even begun with that. So it's it's extremely damaging. But you know, I I can't even blame these kids because all they see their uh, and, and their parents mostly, and of course, I'm going to generalize now. Their mm. parents and their grandparents and. Everyone is just on some sort of digital device. Hmm. So naturally, they want to copy their parents. So this is what they'll want to do. Is that, you know, I, yeah, even so I want the phone. Or even I want to... Obviously, you know, if you don't speak to your child clearly, their language is going to have paucity. Hmm. Similarly, children learn from their environment. So if in an environment, everybody is, you know, connected to, hooked up to some device. Hmm. And then we tell the child not to be, you know, you have to... You have to model hmm. what you want. So you have to, as a parent, as a responsible parent, um, know that you can't, you know, you're, there's a time for your cell phone, which is when the kid is sleeping or you're watching television, you know, has to be. And then whatever that they, 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 I mean, there's all this thing of how much TV is per day. Is right, day right. And yep, all that. Yep. But even in that, it has to be with an adult. Hmm, hmm. It's not substituting adult time with TV time. No, so this I learned from one of your sessions and I uh, I do enjoy watching Peppa Pig with him a lot. Like I'm, I'm actually a fan of Peppa Pig and why I allow him to watch Peppa Pig is firstly the language is great. It's that perfect British accent. Not that I want him to pick up a British accent but that English is perfect. And now so when, he, when he is... language and accent are two different. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But they're using very good, polite language. Words, yeah. uh, they use complete complicated words, complete yeah. sentences. Uh, and... And the um, pace is slower. It's... Well, that's... It's, you know, Peppa is a, is a billion, multi-billion dollar, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. uh, brand. And uh, But what I do ask, tell him now is that even if I'm not 100% paying attention, I'm sorry, you watch and ask me questions so that there's a bit of a... 
pause or there's a bit of a break or ask me questions about something you don't understand or I try and ask him or pause and say oh did you see that or what do you think you of know, that because I feel it's just that one little 10 second break or something to break that constant engagement and and we we do and I, I mean you know this can be debated we do allow him a certain amount of TV time every day and I you know and, and you this, can use it as a reward no, it's like, you know, that it's in a routine. His time is fixed. After his evening bath, he gets to see uh, yeah, a bit of TV before of his, his, his dinner. Yeah. And it works well for us. And, and when I, whenever I want to stop, I'm going to say, okay, this is last. He says, okay, last. And then it's fine. He's okay to move on to the next activity, which is his dinner and maybe reading books or, or doing that. And we've incorporated that. And uh, I keep trying to tell people that today TV is better than the phone or iPad for various reasons because of the you know that blue tone which is in you know is damaging the retina and you have ways to fix that as you can download the filter to you know that blue light blocking filter on your iPad or your uh, or your, your phone the iPhones and iPads have that inbuilt so do the Samsung devices now okay. but I just feel TV firstly you're further away from it and those TVs are still I think a little bit better on your eyes despite what people may say than you know an iPad or a, or a phone right up against your uh, also you know TV is it's not a portable object it's there you it's used by the remote and then you're out of that room this goes can go with you everywhere the phone can go with you everywhere so that little bit extra addictive nature of it because it's accessible more easily um, so that was just that's just my you know take on uh, the TV and of course yeah I think the overall question is really our uh, engagement with technology yeah, and sure. for children sure you know that at the, that stage where they sh they need to be developing with through interaction to through the give and take and children learn like I've said on maximum happens with interaction and play mm. so that's where the focus needs to be and not on um, you know, sitting for long hours on a gadget or because it's to the detriment of their development. And what do we do when uh, the school at a certain class says that, oh, now this, you know, because now schools are introducing iPads and technology and that, which is great. But I, but I'm, at least it's I'm actually, I feel that it should school, be done after a certain age. Yeah, I, that I agree. No, but all the homework is on, uh, you know, laptops and iPads now. And I'm not really okay with that in the sense that, because all, I mean, you know, that's that much more time that they're on that device. Now, it may be for uh, homework or it may be for downloading the homework. Or, it's, it's, it's extra. It's more than what's required. I, I understand the importance of the use of technology. And if you have to make a presentation, you have to research. You know, nobody's going to sit in a library and open encyclopedias anymore. It's just you yeah. type it on Google. But... Why is it being introduced so early? I mean, what's the hurry again? That's the question. In everything, what's the question. hurry? That's the million dollar. And you know, there's a brilliant book called The Hurried Child. Um, I think it's David Elkind who wrote that, written many years ago. And so today we are seeing more and more of that. Um, I agree. So as, I don't know, as parent bodies, we have to be more engaged and, and not that parents have much option take your kid out you know if you don't like our school that's what yeah, we've been oh, told absolutely. so it's it's not like you have a voice and hence, hence so, the, the homeschooling option which no, is so tough that's it's a very why tough one whatever at least in our home environment which is majority of the hours children have 
we can be a little more um, informed about how you know what are the values we are imparting to our children you know what is the priority in our home as far as the child and the family goes so those things at home we can do outside world the child so we can build the you know that like we were talking about if you know from early years to fifth grade you've given them the coping skills then they can go out into the world and take it on mm. because you and you should not control the world you have to give them the skills for them to cope in the world mm. not mollycoddle them and cotton wool them then you're not really helping them it's like in the afternoon the students we see who come to us for any kind of academic need we are not making them dependent on us we want them to be independent mm -hmm. so we're giving them the skills they need to be able to fly in whatever that world is and that is beyond our control sure. but who we are is in our control you know and we come from a culture like india where thousands of years ago we were given this whole there is this knowledge here on being a reflective person you know dhyan mm. you know Meditation, know yourself yeah. how do we do that you know because the outside world you cannot control but your inside world you can so at a children's level give them the skills they need to be able to manage this world that they are going to be working in interacting in growing up in so you were going to read did you manage to find that you were no, going to read something i was going to move on from uh, you know digital devices to uh you know another subject and and in in the middle so before uh you know zavin joined learning matters actually after he joined it in the middle we got again swayed by some peer pressure and tried to put him in a in a montessori uh system and he was there for all of i think a week so we may use certain certain because uh, sort of materials that mont like you know practical life montessori has something called practical life that right. means pouring right or spooning it's naturally going to come in play anyway exactly. right so so you know a teacher may choose in the play area in the manipulatives to put a practical life kind of thing i'm going to put spoons and two katoris so that bit we may be doing but uh, again it's come because we feel the children are ready to do this or we observed yesterday when they were eating someone was eating with the spoon hmm. and so let's give them a little more practice in the play area right. and so we provide it. but you don't call yourself a montessori no no we are not because you know otherwise it's so oh, montessori method and the the best montessori school in xyz no 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 we are hugely inspired and trained <clears throat> by two approaches in early childhood one is called the high scope high uh, scope 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 high scope the okay. high scope was um, is a program that Three decades or more ago, uh, grew out of a little place in um, um, in the U.S. Right. called Ypsilanti, where they did the the only really early childhood longitudinal study has been done. Twenty years they followed the preschool right, kids. Right, right, right. Okay. okay, and and okay. she this uh, in this book she's mentioned high scope, and I was like, yes, uh, that is the importance the, of being yeah, little. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, and I've. spent two summers in high scope um 
like understanding and yeah right. in the okay. program Fantastic. and you know what are those key experiences young children should have and and so high scope did this longitudinal study where they followed children for 20 years right right what's the difference between them and and uh, so we follow uh, their principles mm -hmm. And again, it's very, very, it all, you know, when you're a certain kind of person, you are attracted to the same kind of thing. So very much observing children, very much play-based, very much uh, looking at play in a deeper way. Right. And the other uh, more recent uh, sort of uh, part of my education has been uh, the Reggio Emilia approach. And that is... I mean, is that new? so sophisticated. It's it, new to me. But is it new? As, no. As a, it's also Reggio has been there since Second World War. Oh, wow. And Similar uh, to Montessori then in terms of the, I think Second World War is when yeah, uh, yeah, Maria yeah, Montessori. Yeah. But Reggio Emilia is the name of a town in Italy. Right, and, right, and, right, and right, so right. the after Second World War, the founder of the system called Malaguzzi, Loris Malaguzzi, how he said, never again should a community or our citizens have to go through this kind of pain mm -hmm. and so the mothers of that town brick by brick built schools and then this whole thing about the respect for children and um, the whole town is engaged in the children the architects the artists wow. the musicians the and so the it's like it's like heaven for children and the depth of learning that little two-year-olds have the finest chefs coming and showing them how to cook and you know they go out and looking at columns and you know what the shadows are being cast the architect is bringing their eyes to that to the musicians you know it's 15 and it, these are all government-run schools 15 percent tax everybody pays towards the children's education oh 15 percent that's huge huge so and I I mean for someone who's been in early years now for 40 years it is mind-blowing the sophistication of thinking and expectations and production of what little children do and there's a so, program which you can now follow and incorporate and in, let's say no, somebody wants so to learn you can go and get trained you can go and get trained okay it's like a first step, then second step. There's no end to that training. Understood. It's not understood. like you've gone and done a master's or something. So you've picked up they things from there as well. They have institutes. Yeah, they have right. training institutes for international teachers. And so in 2017, Samara and I went to that. And just the whole school. And I mean, we visited more than 30 schools in the wow. course of our institute. And like our jaw was dropping at every corner. So we are hugely inspired by them. Uh, and that seems right. And today, you know, Harvard and Yale, where she's from, they're all studying the Reggio Emilia wow. approach. And so, that organically came out of, um, you know, that town, yes, basically. Yes, yes, yes. So, so that's who we are, uh, is our role model that we want to emulate and you cannot be a Reggio Emilia school because and you should not because that's Italy that's that town sure. that's unique to their culture but you can be inspired by them and so we you know you can say yes you're Reggio inspired and that's who we are.
We're definitely not that town because my next question was going to be about, and I know that's not your area of expertise, but living in Delhi, it's all of our, you know, it better be an area of expertise. I was going to talk to you about, you know, the air quality and, and you know, bringing kids up in this toxic air. And, and I've been, you know, studying so much about this and, you know, it leads the to, health uh, you know, hazards. huge, you know, mental, you know, retardation in kids, uh, drop in huge number of, you know, IQ points, from Germany. Uh, depression, all that. They're linking this, this pollution to, to everything. And, and, and it's, uh, this is a, I understand that, you know, geographically, we've, we're kind of uh, unfortunate enough to be locked in and meteorologically, yeah, locked. we're locked into this, this cage. But it's also a problem we've created ourselves. And so how do I, uh, you know, sending my school to, uh, sending my kids to school uh, or even to preschool and when I, when I know what the air quality is, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I'd rather keep him at home half the time. And especially during this season after Diwali. Yeah, uh, so I, mean, I don't know what your thoughts on this are. Get away from Delhi when it, the levels are so high. You know, nothing like that's number one because, again, like we said, children need to run and play and move because all that has direct impact on their brain architecture. So it's not like running and climbing is separate from reading and writing. Okay, if. The, the balance, the vestibular system, what we call, it's the proprioceptive system. These are all technical mm -hmm, words I'm mm -hmm. using. But it's, you know, mind and body are connected. And in the early years, this whole muscular development is happening, which is impacting the brain development. So outdoors and, you know, using our large muscles is hugely, again, framing our brain architecture which is related to how is balance related to reading ability mm. all that has been established you know in our in how we train our teachers so a child's um, right to play mm. a child's right to be able to run outdoors and be in nature is you cannot even put a value on that. But we can't you know? give that to them in this city. And if we're uh, not giving, how sad is that? Very sad. And this is home. And and so that's why, you know, even inside in our classroom, we've got equipment where they are able to run and climb I, and push and balance. And, you know, it's just not the same. That's why we don't have desks and sitting down and all that because there's a reason why we do what we sure. do you know did link to children's development but pollution as a, a a reality and and so i mean i'm hoping that you know we are paying our taxes to the government and it's their uh, duty to ensure that you know our air and water is uh, uh, clean but you and I, I, I am not a crazy parent if i am using a device to check the pollution on a particular day and choosing to keep my child at home. Doesn't matter if the school is open, closed, whether the government has declared an emergency or not. I'm not crazy, right? Or am I crazy? Uh, I would say, you know, it's your prerogative as a parent to know how much you're willing to expose your child to a certain and what are the risks. Absolutely, health comes first, safety of health comes first. Uh, and at the same time, we have to uh, do the best we can. You ensure your home is, you know, got plants and, you know, the rooms have plants and the rooms have air purifier. Right. Whatever you can do, you will do. Sure. And we have to ensure that our schools also do that. So that where the kid is coming, at least 
there is some protection uh, that's being done like you know you were saying I'm Sonia I want to give an egg so that then you guys can right, have a right. closer monitoring so we support like I mean even I want to give an egg is, even, is, even, is, a, is, a, is a pollution monitor yeah uh, no but even here this whole idea of having two air purifiers in every sure. classroom grew out of a parent she came and sure. she said Sonia you know I know this man he supplies can I have him come so we don't have all the answers and we have sure, to work sure. as a community to improve our children. But I'm number one game for it. And she was saying that how the other school, how much had to fight with the I know that because I think, I think my, uh, uh, someone from my family, uh, you know, the kids go to the same school and perhaps they go to the same school. So it's, it's a big struggle to get these done in schools now. Yeah, I don't know why and, people and why? are resisting. Makes no sense yeah. because I, I mean, I mean uh, um, so I mean, it'll take time, you know, for people's mindset. I mean, why is our bloody HRD minister still insisting that our air is improving? I mean, which planet are you coming from? You know, if so, it's it's the mindset of the people that takes time to change. And uh, so again, it's your priority, you know. And if you really want to give children what is their right. It's not anything special we're doing. It's just their right to breathe clean air. It's their right to have play. It's their right to be able to be heard. It's their right to be messy. It's their right to explore. I mean, you know. So, um, yeah, it is very, very dark and disheartening as to what's happening uh, with the air quality and what you know our lungs are still at our ages where they are but you know we know the two vulnerable groups are the very young and the very old and sure and the rest of them like me are neither young nor old but i'm asthmatic living in the city so pretty much the entire city needs to be you know extremely careful no, about, i think there has to be uh, a huge um, unanimous um, shout and cry about not accepting this and I think, that's I, think I was reading but, uh, somewhere that they were saying that have like a band and a band when nothing works in the city only then will they hear like no one no offices no taxis no uh, nothing works that day and then only that oh my god the city city has come to a shut down like a hundred percent shut down like a nuclear explosion is that only then will they wake up i mean so as usual you are one of the people that i can keep having this discussion yeah, with but keeping you know keeping looking. keeping uh, time in mind and there were so many other things that i wanted to talk to you about but we'll we'll perhaps do that in you know in a, in the next step i wanted to speak to you about uh, you know children with special needs that's something we've uh, left out but we we can maybe come back to that I the next that time I think that in an office is, is can full, be another yeah let's yeah. do that but just so one before we uh, conclude just can you is there one recommendation that can you give an anxious parent like me or anxious parents like me that we can do to uh, in in the context of your area of expertise that and I know what you're going to say I think but uh, um, so what's the one thing that we can do as a parent to let my child uh, just grow healthy. mentally healthy. Uh, uh, I would say um, give them opportunities to uh, play, and by play I mean self-initiated. So and don't cast your shadow over their play. 
observe them, connect with them, listen to them. That's very important that we hear our kids, you know, and not, you know, we, we give, you, we've talked about that, that we put our agenda on them, cut that and become more mindful of, am I really hearing what he's saying? And then am I responding to his thoughts or am I judging it? No judgment. It's really being good listeners, good observers and uh, knowing the value that play is bringing to their development and not casting a shadow over them. I would say those would be the motor motor. Thank you. Points. Thank you so yeah. much. And Thank I'm you for your. And I'm always available for you as a parent. That you know, Sonia, I tried this. This didn't work. Should I? You know, that's what is my responsibility, and I I enjoy that. No, thank you. Know, you. I, I really behavior, appreciate it. You know, what do I do? And my, that's why the coffee mornings and the next ones coming up next Friday. So we'll uh, talk more. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you're doing. And where can people get in touch with you or Learning Matters? How can, if you can just share, if somebody wants to, you know, get in touch with you or Learning so, Matters specifically, maybe they want to check it out for their kids or if you So can we have a website. That's learning-matters.org. A website that talks about our different programs and there's a phone number and a contact. We are the only, right now only one center in Delhi. At we're waiting for you to change that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're hoping. And we're waiting for you to expand this yes, footprint yes, as well. Yes, we're hoping and we're also hoping to expand uh, vertically. Yes, that's what I mean of, actually. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think I'd, there's a need. Um, so uh, they can contact us on that and uh, I'd be happy to take as many children as we possibly can uh, within the uh, our, you know, understanding, we, we're not a number-based school, as you know, we don't have more than 10, 12 children in a classroom with two teachers, because if you want to do the work you're doing, you've got to be able to know your children, and for that you need to observe and have a close connect, it's not a herd mentality, everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that, that cookie-cutter approach, so we'll never be a number game but we'll be a deeper did you see the newsletter i had sent to all the parents from uh, no i haven't steps? i haven't read it yet oh, i have to there were two three articles and things you sent yeah, together so yeah, i will yeah, be yeah, seeing yeah. them so one was an article on uh, how kindergarten teachers are crying in the u.s in fact i'll, I'll this link whole that thing of pushing back academic. i'm going to link that in the podcast so that you know that everyone was in can psychology uh, yeah. today and the other one i sent was just a sample of the depth of how we look at play right and so just children playing in this first steps classroom. What was the learning? That right, we were right, seeing? right, right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. So, as usual, uh, you know, we are grateful to Sonia uh, for educating us. And you were listening to Voices in My Head. We'll be back with more exciting people to educate us. And we'll catch you next time. Is created and hosted by Yami Radhar. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, 
Consult a licensed physician.